0: everyone. It's Dr. Kamari Valentine, clinical psychologist. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's been ages since I recorded a podcast, in part because of school holidays, which I just find such a curveball in terms of time and how much time it takes up, um, as well as last term's huge rush of bugs and illnesses. I think out of the 10 weeks of the last school term, we only had one week where either um, no one had a bug or the toddler's sleep wasn't disrupted or somebody wasn't throwing up or whatever. So I am really looking forward to a term with fewer bugs. I'd like to say no bugs, but um, with four kids, there's always something about. So today I have a rather different topic uh, to talk about, and it is um, motivated by the recent elections in New Zealand. Um, I don't want to make it a political... Um, podcast. Um, it's not my intention to start um, uh, arguments about um, politics or what, uh, what um, governments have done or have not done. But I thought I would offer a psychological perspective on what we are seeing in New Zealand, and as I understand, throughout the world. And that is a right-leaning government uh, here in New Zealand. That's what it's looking like. And also, as I understand, there's been a move to conservatism throughout the world. Now, I am really not the most up-to-date with uh, politics Throughout the world, so if you know something different, let me know. But this is this is what I understand, okay? And so my bit of uh, contribution to this conversation um, may seem very unusual. What I want to talk about is terror management theory. It is one of psychology's grand theories, one of those theories that tries to explain something really profound, something deep. And I actually learned it as a second year psychology student in my social psychology class. So shout out to Dr. Jackie Hunter, who was an amazing lecturer and who kept us very entertained, very Um, interested in the topics he would teach about. This piece of teaching has always stayed with me. And even though it hasn't come up in my clinical psychology training, I find myself referring to this frequently. Okay, so here's, here's what terror management theory is. All organisms, all organisms fear Annihilation and death. Um cats, rats, birds. And according to terror management theory, humans are unique. You might argue that, but anyway, humans are unique in that they are conscious of their mortality and have the verbal skills to articulate this. Okay. So um, from the little I know, there are discussions about what consciousness means and what level of consciousness um non-humans have? But this is what the the theory argues, okay. so so all organisms are fearful of their own death. And humans try to buffer against this fear of death in a number of ways, this existential dread. Terror management theory, by the way, was developed by Sheldon Solomon, Jeff Greenberg, and Tom Pszczenski. Now, until this point, I have never attempted to say his name because they are just, their their consonants one after the other. P-Y-S-Z-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. Um, but, thanks to my Polish husband, I thought I'd make an attempt, and as soon as I saw that slew of consonants with the ration of vowels, I thought this must be Polish. So apologies, Polish listeners, if I've just butchered Piszczynski. That's my take on it, and like I say, I've never attempted to say it out loud before. Okay, so they suggested that that. What people do in order to try and buffer against the fear of death is that they construct a cultural worldview, specific worldview with belief systems, and this allows them to derive self-esteem. So self-esteem is one way that people develop security in the face of mortality and the The way you can derive self-esteem is, amongst other things, by adhering to a specific worldview. Okay, so let's talk about three core concepts in terror management theory. First, mortality salience. This is about the awareness of one's own mortality. You might not always be aware of it, but certain things can trigger that awareness of mortality. So in the laboratory... If you're working in um, psychological science, uh, we, we increase the salience, the, the awareness, even if it's at a, a, a very low level, by showing people things like pictures of, of gravestones or um, graveyards. That is enough to see some very powerful effects in the laboratory. I am going to argue that in recent years, the pandemic, I know that's such an unpopular topic at the moment, Um, we want to make as if it didn't happen, but I suggest that the pandemic, the experience of COVID-19 has made our mortality very evident to us uh, individually and at a global level. So, these stimuli, such as seeing a death, hearing about a death, experiencing suffering, thinking about our own um, life, the own limits of our life, and even experiencing political changes, make our mortality very salient. Okay, second concept, cultural worldviews. These are shared beliefs norms, values within a society. So people adopt these worldviews in order to have meaning and purpose in life. What we know is that when people become more aware of their mortality, they hold stronger to the cultural worldview and to a more conservative worldview. The more black and white it is, the more secure it is the more people get a sense of right this is this is how uh, things make sense this is how i will survive okay? and people are not necessarily doing that consciously this is about psychological forces within okay third concept self esteem so maintaining and boosting self-esteem is a really fundamental part of terror management theory. People seek to feel valued, feel important. It provides a sense of psychological security. And under conditions where people are more aware of their their death, they, they in-group and out-group more. In-grouping is when we we um, value and feel part of an in-group and we stick with our in-group, we endorse our in-group and out-grouping is when we exclude others who don't hold that viewpoint. And our behaviors towards those others can be um, very extreme. So in a laboratory setting when you Um, When you trigger uh, mortality, when you trigger the awareness of death, what people do um, are things like they will allocate more resources to the group they're part of, even if this group is rather arbitrary and simply created by um, by the researcher, and they will allocate fewer resources or be punitive towards members of the out group. Okay. So, so I, I hope that's uh, provoking some thinking, and um, I guess I'm also highlighting my hope that as we come into a, a new chapter of our country, that we that we see ourselves as part of of a group working together, and that we are inclusive. In that in that approach, so if we apply the principles of terror management to a real world scenario, um, it can be useful, and we need to remember that a change can be unsettling, as it can challenge people's existing beliefs and values. So. A conservative government may have policies, it might have ideologies that differ significantly, and people who identified strongly with the previous worldview, uh, such as myself, incidentally, may experience fear and anxiety when these beliefs are challenged. Two, the, the fear of death in the context of this kind of change can be because of uncertainty. People try to minimize uncertainty. So people will react, this is what terror management suggests, by reinforcing their existing worldviews or engaging in behaviors that align with these beliefs. For example, people may become more politically active or seek like-minded communities or reassurance. So here are some suggestions from a clinical psychologist about navigating these uncertain times. One, dialogue, that we have open dialogue expressing our anxieties, fears and uncertainty and that that there are safe spaces for these. Two, I want to make a point about attachment. So many of you know that this is one of my interests that Our attachment patterns, the patterns we developed from when we were very young because of the behavior of our carers towards us, whether they were warm, sensitive, protective, allowing us to both safely explore as well as creating a safe haven, those develop a template for how we see ourselves and the world. Because of the behavior of our carers, we develop a sense of ourselves as good or not, and the world as trustworthy or not. We develop a sense of safety. And so if you don't have a secure attachment system, change can be experienced as more disruptive, as more anxiety-provoking. And what we might seek are secure relationships and community for that stability and emotional security. Okay. And it might be that we need to be careful to not in-group and out-group or to consider ourselves part of a bigger group, to see connections, to see our um, our ways in which we are the same rather than seeing those differences. So I think terror management theory gives us really profound understanding into how human beings cope with life and, and that there's this fear of death constantly present. The last few years that we have dealt with have been very huge. The impact of COVID is still present in our communities. There are many areas like hospitality, which are still trying to recover, which have been profoundly affected. Something I really liked was during our lockdown in New Zealand that we really made an effort to um, to think about each other, to support uh, local industries, to support um, uh, local sellers. And I think that is my my plea and my request that we we have that same mentality of seeing ourselves as um, as a, country working together, because ultimately we want the same things, right? And we are careful about how we in-group and out-group. Okay, so um, that did end up being more politically charged than I had intended. Um, I hope that it makes sense in the context of what I usually talk about which is about how the experiences that we have had in childhood, for example, shape how we are as human beings. As I was writing and recording this, I was thinking about how those templates affect how we deal with changes and how we deal with unsettling changes and how we try to To get meaning, some of us may not even be aware that those templates are at play. The world might be experienced as confusing and overwhelming. And I guess what I hope is that this information is power, and it allows us to reflect about our workings, both as individuals as well as more broadly that we are. We are not isolated islands. Uh, We are not on isolated islands, but but interconnected. So a bit of a different um, podcast from me. As always, I'm really keen to hear what you think. I'm most active on Facebook, um, Dr Kamari NZ, um, which I think links to my Instagram or did at some point. So I'm Dr Kamari NZ on that too. If um, this is probably a good place to say, if you are struggling with anxiety and that disrupted nervous system, I do have a download. If you sign up to my extremely rare newsletter, I don't think I have written one yet this uh, this year. Gosh, um, but if you sign up, and I will put a link somewhere. Um, I'll put a link in the, the show notes accompanying this podcast. I have five strategies, five strategies I use as a clinical psychologist routinely in my life and in my work to regulate that nervous system. So we might all have just a bit more activation for a variety of reasons and All of us can benefit from strategies to regulate, soothe, and nurture our nervous systems. Okay, I better wrap up. Um, It was really lovely doing this. I hope you found it useful. Keen to hear what you think and talk soon. Take care.